Heaven high. Heaven high and welcome to episode 145. That, as we've spoken about before, was the episode they said we'd never get to. They said we'd get to 144 and 146, yeah. but not 145. And yet, here we are. And the topic today, podcast at rumdoings.com, and indeed at rumdoings at Twitter, is will chocolate wagon wheels continue to shrink until <laughs> they become singularities, eventually consuming all matter and energy in the universe into an infinitely dense point? <laughs> Good job. At wrongdoings, if you think that's the case. It is the case. So, we're still getting occasional midwiferies. Oh, yes, I love that. I love when that happens. Yes. So, what, so what's up with you, John? Well, I don't know where, how, whether to deal with acupuncture, mm-hmm. hypnotherapy, mm-hmm. Um, or me- herbalism. Um, let's Which have ac- acupuncture, please. Oh, that's confusing because there's two of there's three of those. Well, I shouldn't have made the offer then. One, two, or three. Two. Ooh. Acupuncture for you. Is that my card? This is. It's, it's, I'm opening up, and this is. Is that your signature? Yes. Wow, extraordinary. Mm. Well, the opening words of acupuncture for you are just for ac- me. Acupuncture works. Well, of course, because it's accu, which sounds like accurate. That's true. Acupuncture. Acupuncture. It's it originated in China and uh, other Far Eastern cultures. And yeah, other you know, Far Eastern cultures. The, 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 the slitty places. <laughs> yes, that's right. Where it yeah. still features in mainstream healthcare because, but, sorry, because they don't have proper s- standards. Ah, oh, interesting. Yeah. Both a standalone therapy and in combination with conventional Western medicine. Yes, of course. Acupuncture is now widely used and accepted all over the world. In Where did the you UK, get this from? It's for my local doctor's surgery, of course. Oh, good. GP. Well, it's not a doctor, it's a GP. That's true. Members yeah. of the Acupuncture Council, British Acupuncture Council, practice acupuncture based on Chinese medicine principles that have been developed, researched and refined for over 2,000 years. Well, I'm glad they don't pretend that it has any modern evidence base. At least they're saying it's rubbish there. Uh, you know you mentioned acupuncture on Twitter and... It's interesting how defensive people get who otherwise would be very quick to dismiss such things. And they point you to studies and meta-analyses, yes. and then when you actually pick those apart... They don't tend to... It's a bit embarrassing, doesn't it? Should but my doctor know? If you have been prescribed medicine, we recommend you tell your doctor that you are planning to have acupuncture. Do not yes. stop taking your medicine, your medication. You should always tell your acupuncturist about any medication supplements you are taking. This may affect your response to the acupuncture treatment. Well, I imagine it would. For example, if you're taking blood thinners and they stick pins in you, then you might become a fountain. <laughs> yes, maybe Wolfrin and, and, and acupuncture yeah. aren't, aren't best friends. No. Acupuncture works to help maintain your body's equilibrium. It involves the insertion of very fine needles into specific points on the body to regulate the flow of chi, your body's vital energy. Yes, that is. That my is actually vital. in my doctor's surgery. You should ask your doctor. Well, who printed this? Is it something that's been left there? Or what's it? How official is it? There's a there's a whole rack of of leaflets you can take from. I think it, I think they run it. There's some. Yes, they run it through the surgery. They have a clinic there doing it. So a Western doctor is promoting chi. Well, of course, yes. This is the British Acupuncture Council are actually responsible for Have you challenged it. your doctor about this? No, I was going to, and then I actually need to talk to him about real things, so I forgot. What did you talk to him about that was more important than that? Um, the debasement of his whole profession. What was more important than that? <laughs> my, my bottom. Oh, your bottom is just a saga now. <laughs> Two years ago we were talking about your bottom. I know. Oh, no, in fairness, that was my little bunch of grapes. 
Yes, we didn't talk. <gasps> we didn't talk about my exploding grapes a couple of weeks, a few weeks ago. No, what happened? I went to to do a poo poo, mm-hmm. and I went you to pushed wipe a my, bit too hard. I went to wipe my bot bot, mm-hmm. and the toilet paper was soaked in blood. Did it hurt particularly? Nope, perfectly normal, perfectly healthy. And I looked down the toilet, and it was all blood in the toilet. And I went, "Oh no, I'm going to die!" And yeah. so I phoned one one one. And they got me a quick appointment at the... This was on a Saturday or a Sunday. So they got me a quick appointment at the drop-in clinic thing. Mm-hmm. And I went there within about half an hour. And mm-hmm. I said to the doctor, I phoned one one She goes, oh, I'm surprised they didn't call you an ambulance. <laughs> <laughs> Sarcasm to the max. And then it turns out, bright red, fresh blood, not a problem, not a bad yeah, thing. It's only when it's dark. Yeah, of so yeah, um, so I burst. Uh, I popped. Here, here's what would worry me about that. Um... Uh, you you basically got broken uh, blood vessels. The uh, your your body's circulation circulatory system is suddenly accessible to the outside world, and that's an outside world that's just recently had lots of poo smearing about it. Is, yeah, it's an issue. True. Isn't this an issue? You, and if I, if not, why not? I don't think it is because it's very normal for people's the, the skin on the anus is very fine. It's very normal for it to perforate. Well, All right, or maybe maybe poo is just fine. Maybe, we, maybe smear we should it on, all, smear maybe, it on ourselves as, as maybe this as is what my pam- this is what my pamphlet will be about. Yes, poo poo smearing. Yes, well, there already are um, poo transplants where they will transplant poo from a healthy gut into somebody who's got an unhealthy gut, and it helps to restore their biome. And what's even possibly more worrying is that they're turning those into pills, poo pills, poo pills. Mm-hmm. This is genuine. Look it up. And unlike acupuncture, this is a real and studied uh, method of. Curing certain uh, gut biome diseases, and even, which is quite interesting, they take um, poo from a thin person and they transplant it into a fat person's gut, and the fat person begins to get thinner. No. Mm, Indeed. Everybody, look it up, and you'll be astonished. You'll start stealing the poo from all your skinny friends. (laughs) I'm going to start staking your poo and shoving it up my bum. (laughs) We do that anyway, but it won't be for Not for medicinal reasons. Exactly. Okay, so Nick, hypnotherapy because your future always starts now. That's accurate. (laughs) It's very accurate. Less accurate is the section in this mad leaflet that begins, "How does hypnotherapy work?" How does it work? Doesn't go on to explain that. How does it work? So, suggestion therapy, the traditional treatments used to help with problems such as smoking, pre-exam nerves, nail biting, and pain. (laughs) It has even proved to be highly effective for women during pregnancy. No, it hasn't. It has not proved to be that. Epidurals like, have like, like bread. That. When you prove bread, that's how much it's been proven. Oh gosh, Laura's got a friend who's threatening to use hypnotherapy for her pregnancy, her birth that's coming up. Oh, that's and fine. Laura's begging her not to fall for this crap because she's going to be in so much pain. What? No, she's not necessarily because if it relaxes her and it stops the production of cortisol and increases. Um, the various other good hormones, then it'll be good and it will re- reduce the perception of pain. For example, uh, one thing that stops oxytocin being produced is very bright lights and stress. So when Victoria was in labor and when we went to the hospital, as soon as she saw the bright lights and we kept things very dim here, that's when she started feeling the real pain in her um, contractions. It's a very Not because it was closer to giving birth, that's not... No, because when we went home, it got better again. You must... You, the production of stress hormones is very important during labor if you want to prevent them because evolutionarily what it's telling your body is we're not ready to give birth yet. This is not a safe situation. 
Um, so you need to calm things down. And if hypnotherapy helps people, people to do that, whether it's hypnotherapy, breathing, or watching Shaun of the Dead, which is what we did, then I think that's a perfectly valid thing. So no, I reject, I reject your uh, conclusion here completely and move that it be struck from the record. So you're advocating hypnotherapy now? I am. For those who... But again, you take placebo pills because it makes you feel better. If hypnotherapy calms people down at that particular point in time, fine. I don't think what the problem is. What's the problem? The charging money for it. If it works, it works. I don't care about charging money for it. They charge money for your placebo pills as well. They're on the NHS. Oh yeah, and therefore, and therefore, the lovely, um, <laughs> therefore, the lovely uh, pharma companies just giving them away for free. Yes. Oh yeah. Solution based. Solution based therapy. This is a modern method that is commonly used to help you achieve what you want to achieve in life. Good. It helps with problems linked to a lack of confidence and self-esteem and can treat a whole range of symptoms from anxiety to minor phobias, such as flying in spiders. Uh, or oh, araignée, as spiders are called in French. I'm most scared of flying spiders. Are you? They're the worst ones. I'm becoming less scared of spiders now, because they are quite clever little constructions, aren't they? It's true. Right? I mean, you, your bum can explode, but it can't make lovely little webs, can it? Not yet. Not yet. Working on uh, it. I was reading a story, as you saw on Twitter, I was reading a story to Judith. Well, actually, my, ma- my mother was and then pointed it in my direction, but it sounded better that I say I was reading. Um, and then I did read it. And at, at the end of the story, it's a Beatrix Potter story, mm-hmm. Two Little Mice, um, and it ends with a letter which one of the mice has written to the keeper of the doll's house, one of the dolls, because the mice go in the doll's house, they find the food isn't real, they get very angry, smash it up, steal stuff out of the mouse, out of the house and take it to their mouse hole. And when the dolls come back, the dolls are naturally very upset that their house has been looted by these rodents. So writes a letter back to Miss Lucinda Doll, from a doll's house, said, Honoured madam, I'm sorry to hear that my wife forgot to dust the mantelpiece. I have whipped her. Me and my wife would be very grateful for another kettle. Can you imagine that this graceful uh, way of trying to get a, a child to understand morality by saying, me and my wife? It makes me really angry. It is funny to think that uh, in a kiddie's book you can have wife battering as a perfectly <laughs> normal thing. I have whipped her. That's how different things are now. So when people tell you, when Paul Dacre tells you, John, that's you in particular, that... Yeah. Everything was better in the olden days. Do remember that, that in a kiddie's book, wife beating was considered a perfectly normal and acceptable conclusion. I don't see what's the problem. Hmm. There you go. Yeah. So I think you should speak to your GP surgery about these leaflets. Mm -hmm. uh, But maybe just ask them saying, do you agree with what's put forth in them? What are they doing in your surgery if not? I think I'll get some mealy-mouthed answer. It's kind of almost what you were saying about hypnotherapy. Is, well, if it helps, you know, blah, 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 blah. Who but cares if we're lying? Yeah, I think I don't think a GP should necessarily tell lies. On the other hand, they do prescribe lots of placebos, knowing that they are placebos, in order to make their patients feel better. Yes. And and if that if their job is to make their patients feel better whilst doing no harm, then that's the big argument. We Indeed, we touched on it when we had our podcast with uh, Dr. Goldacre, didn't we? Mm-hmm. I think Goldacre in the end said that honesty was too important even for that to sacrifice it. Yes, mm. I think so. Are you enjoying you your government? You Are you enjoying a, your government shutdown? It's not mine. Oh, it's the world government. Oh, I see. Enjoying the shutdown? It's just extraordinary to watch the just such a 
extent of petulance. Hmm. And to know that it will have no negative effect on the perception of Republicans to, by Republicans. No, and basically not that much with everybody else either. The differences are still minor. Something like 48% to 52 or something like that. It's really bizarre that it's just that this can happen and, and the country doesn't just start a civil war. I'll tell you when the Republicans will get into severe trouble. Mm. Who in particular supports the Tea Party and supports the Republican? What demographic? Well, I assume the extreme right. Or, or as they're known, very old people. I suppose I suppose so, yeah. Old people are more likely to vote. And when you go to um, the... Or you watch these people in the Tea Party rallies, you have these old people holding up signs saying things like, keep your goddamn government hands off my Medicare. Yes. Rather confusingly. Remember that sort of thing. And that's a telling point about why the Republicans, if they allow the shutdown to go on much longer, are going to get into severe trouble. Because at the moment, it's national parks and various other things are closed. People can ignore it. Mm-hmm. When the government cannot afford to pay pensions, Social Security and Medicare, and when Granny, who thinks that she's a tea party and hates government, suddenly doesn't get the magic money anymore or her medicines, yes. then maybe she'll pause and say, oh, hold on a moment, it wasn't just printed on the libertarian money tree after all. <laughs> and if the Republicans allow Granny to experience that once or twice, Granny might suddenly find that she rather likes the federal government in certain respects after all. And the Republican Party can't allow Granny to experience that, can can they? Which means that effectively they are the ones who are going to blink first in this. They have to. Well, my fear is that they sell it to Granny by saying... Uh, the shutdown is caused by the Democrats refusing to take out the, to, to repeal this health bill, and therefore, until they do that, what can we do? You know, we you, we you know we can't have this dreadful health bill, and therefore, until they take it out, there's nothing else we can do. It's all their yeah. fault. And Granny the, will go, "Oh well, I do agree with that." But the bigger point is that what's been shut down is the very thing that Granny apparently wants shut down forever. Yes, and. If Granny suddenly starts worrying about that and wanting it to start up again, then maybe even Granny holding that sign will have a little bit of cognitive dissonance, don't you think? No, I don't don't think, because I watched the the New Left Media video where they were asking people at Tea Partiers about uh, czars and why Mm -hmm. they were so against czars. Mm -hmm. And he asked this one Granny lady... um, he says to her, are you aware... Oh, you mentioned this before, yes, and Ronald Reagan had made the first star, but yeah, she's okay, still, so she, she, she stuck with her principles. No, no, she didn't. She abandoned the Republican Party. That's my point. She yeah. said, having czars is wrong, and therefore the Republicans are as bad as the Democrats. Well, that's fine, but she stuck with her, her primary principle, which is having czars are wrong. But the primary principle here is that the healthcare bill is wrong, unfortunately. Yeah, but how long is Granny going to say that whilst her diabetes medication doesn't come through? I, I don't think the the two will connect in, in these crazy Tea Party loonies heads. I hope you're right. But then Granny will die anyway, so fine. That's true. Yeah. Never mind, eh? Okay, I so can't... I was at my parents' house this weekend. Okay, good. Rif- rifling through the garage. Have you broken up with Laura? No, not yet. All right. Okay, fair enough. Um, and uh, I found a bunch of old schoolwork. The best stuff is, of course, the primary schoolwork. When you say rifling, of course, you're on a shooting spree. <laughs> That's right, with my rifle. Rifle's mm. not great for shooting sprees. Oh, very kind of 
semi-automatic parts. maybe, but you know, yeah. if you're having to like fire one shot at a time. Yeah. yeah. A, a slow spree. So you you finally shot I went everyone on in the head, and then, an you went to the, and then you went to the attic. I didn't go to the attic, because what happened is my brother-in-law had cleared the attic, and, put, oh. and this was the stuff that was left in the garage. What a cheek. No, it was a good thing, so I didn't have to do it. How dare he meddle where he's not wanted. So obviously all... That's why you shot him, I guess. All the best stuff is my primary school stuff. Like, for instance, my amazing drawing titled Here is Father Christmas Playing in the Garden. Can you scan it in and post it with this podcast? That would make sense, wouldn't it? I think I might make it my Twitter background because it is the greatest drawing of all time. Make sure you do. What's the title title of the artwork again? Here is Father Christmas Playing in the Garden. Okay, well, make sure you upload it. Everybody wants to see that. That's true, they do. Yes. Um... But I found a bunch of GCSE stuff, English stuff as well. Mm-hmm. In amongst them was a, an essay titled, Is Nuclear Power the Way Ahead? I can imagine that you probably decided it wasn't, but I don't want to spoil things. John Walker, 10E, on the 15th of the 6th, 1993. Good God. When uh, This is when my wife would have been nine years old. <laughs> She's finally, she's finally 30. She's finally in the same decade as me. It's finally legal for you to stop her. That's true. Mm. So shall I read, do you want me to read out this essay and we can see how my 15-year-old brain... Yeah, and if I find it boring, I'll just tell you to stop. Yeah, okay. Okay. Nuclear power has been one of the most controversial sources of energy in recent history. This is before wind farms, Nick. Oh, that's true. Yeah. New developments in science have brought forth a vast spectrum of uses for it, and this has not pleased all. Coal I don't was... like that. Don't like that. It was it's good bit... up until the police door, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it kind of just collapsed over its shoelaces. Not bad for fifteen, though. Coal is the traditional power source, and traditionalists believe that it should Too stay this way. Traditional. Na- I, I want to stay with coal. I should stay with my my nice traditional coal. But None the natural slitty-eyed nuclear <laughs> nonsense. But the natural sources are beginning to run out. <laughs> right. On the other hand, the prospects of nuclear power are so great. Is this the way ahead? Oh dear. It's a good intro. It is a well-known fact that coal and oil are rapidly becoming difficult to find. Right, you, so you believed in peak oil in 93. Citation needed. Mm-hmm. New sites are few and far between, and soon there will be no natural resources left to use. Mm. We burn tons and tons of coal every day, and it is being wasted. Why? No, it's not being wasted. We're just setting fire to giant piles of it. Is that what you say? Apparently, <laughs> that's what I seem to be saying. When in fact we could crush it all and make beautiful diamonds. That's true. Coal has to be mined in vast quantities to get enough for a practical amount of energy. Mm-hmm. The pollution created by burning coal is immense. There's a tick next to that. <laughs> a red Nefty tick. teacher. As everybody knows, the smoke produced by burning coal helps to cause the rapidly increasing hole in the ozone layer. Except it doesn't. I hope she put a cross there, because no. the CFCs crawls that, not, not coal. <laughs> no, Nick, it says, as everybody knows. And the teacher didn't correct that. No, no. Ugh, that confirms my belief in teachers. <laughs> this is, Mrs. Cullen was a brilliant English teacher. I salute this lady. I'm sure she was a very good English teacher. Perhaps not a great about scientist. Science. No. No. The pollution produced is not controllable and is released into our increasingly polluted atmosphere. These you sources... don't believe in clean coal. These sources could run out by the end of the century. Oh! Oopsie. No, they couldn't. Nuclear power is now becoming more and more attractive to the everyday person. Is it? But you just said it wasn't at the beginning. I know. The the coal traditionalists. People are becoming more, quote, green and aware of environmental issues. 
Uh-huh. The thought of pumping pollution out of their chimneys is too much for their consciences, and they want a simpler, safer source of energy. Simpler? Nuclear fission is simpler it's than burning simpler. a lump of... Nuclear power stations are becoming the only sensible option. It's, 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 it's taken a, a good turn so far, I agree with it. Using wind and water power is possible, but it is not feasible for it to power a town, let alone a whole country. Fair enough, I agree with that. The uranium used for nuclear power is easily mined and far, far more efficient than other energy sources. Although we have a, a problem with the uranium, actually, but thorium will be better, but you wouldn't, you won't know that. Nu- oh, I 15. Nuclear power has uh, a lot of disadvantages. Does it? The obvious example is the Chernobyl disaster in 1986. Yeah. It's one of the primary disadvantages of using nuclear power is a, an explosion in the past. Yeah. A nuclear reactor exploded and burned for days with no one knowing whether they could put it out. It was two weeks before they brought it under control. At one time it was so hot that they thought it might burn its way down into the earth. Uh, You're you're clutching at straws now. The fireman put the the fireman... The fireman, it says here. One man with his red red coat. Put the fire out by putting out the fire in the building that contained it. The fireman put out the fire by putting out the fire. (laughs) Very good. I <laughs> there's, no, a tick there's, no, there. there's no cross or tick lazy arsed teacher <laughs> most of these firemen died because of radiation overdoses oh that's sad well, there was only one so, so something <laughs> that's weird. true in fact it does say most of these firemen died because of radiation uh, 15 year old going on 8 <laughs> it's awful the core of the reactor was white hot graphite at 5000 degrees celsius mm-hmm Besides the, 20, besides the 20 people killed, there were hundreds with radiation sickness. 1,000 people are expected to die over the next 40 years. That's not bad. Like, no, not bad at all. The explosion spread radioactive sickness and gases over many miles of the Ukraine. This contaminated the main grain sources for Russia. Wouldn't One of the isotopes formed when, uran- when uranium-235 splits is called Stortium-90. Uh, Did you know Stortium. that, Nick? Strontium. Oh, I can't. No, it's I'm, not no, an it's isotope. A... It's a. It's an element. It's stortium. It says so here. Yeah. This means that they would be laid down in bones and teeth. Mm-hmm. In 1964, the reactor was flooded at Sellafield to put out a fire. The leakage of radiation caused the popular and famous Lake District to become contaminated. <laughs> the Lake District is radioactive. Thanks. The grass that the sheep ate contaminated the sheep, and we were in risk of contamination from drinking the water or eating the sheep. Mm-hmm. Tick. How much more of this is there? There's it's, getting, it's getting too dark. <laughs> okay, as there's so much more. Skip to the end. Um, right, let's jump right ahead then. Okay, we'll get to the end. Uh, okay, we'll start here. Choosing a side to believe in is very difficult indeed. Mm-hmm. There are so many reasons for nuclear power and about as many against. It is a fact that coal and oil are going to run out. Unless scientists find an alternative source for energy and we protest against nuclear power, we will be walking around with candles. No, we won't, because most candles are made out of uh, fossil fuels these days. Also, the sun would probably, you know, during the daytime. Wouldn't well, there it. you go. So you were a, uh, a peak oilist and doomer in 93. Probably still accurate. I haven't or... finished yet. It's got yeah. it's the, it's oh, the best is yet to come. If come we on, ask... Make it quick. If we ask for nuclear power, we could be risking the lives of millions. There are plenty of examples of this, and undisputably other cases will occur. Mm -hmm. 
There are other sources of energy, the sun, the wind, the water and so on, but these are not really practical for or powerful enough for powering whole countries. It seems that nuclear power is too dangerous to use on a, to a large extent. If scientists find a new source of energy in the next 30 years, we should be all right. If we use nuclear power a bit more to conserve the natural sources, this would not be a bad thing, but we cannot let nuclear power be the only source of power for Britain. It is not dependable enough. I think that our lives are more important than people believe, and nuclear power would be a form of suicide. That is sudden weird, but, 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 but using it a bit will be all right. <laughs> yes. oh, when, does, when does too much nuclear power become a problem? A persuasive and a persuasive and well-written essay, John. You include many sound arguments and facts, but perhaps could have employed a few more discursive slash persuasive techniques. Yeah, well, exactly. Well, what did you get for it? I got an A. Hmm. I don't know. You see, today we seem to be rolling back nuclear power. I know that obviously Japan is now giving it all up and Germany has given it all up and we're not producing any more nuclear power stations and we still are running out of oil, mm-hmm. whatever the shale um, uh, magic people might believe. So, yeah, we are going to be walking around with candles. I think it's safe to say that my essay has dramatically influenced. Well, it clearly has. I mean, if it weren't for your essay, we would probably have fusion by now. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> and and also, I stopped fox hunting with that essay. Oh, your fox hunting essay, yeah. Yeah, I'm can not I, bothered with that, obviously. Um, can I? Uh, we've talked about American politics. Let's talk about British politics. Oh, your lovely, your lovely MP, Don Foster. Don Foster. People have been introduced to lovely old Don in this podcast. In the early days, you felched him extensively. Then yes. you were let. Then you were let down by him. I just and... no, but let's be fair. I justifiably felched him. Mm-hmm. He was uh, he was a very good man, and he did lots of good, or appeared to. Well, no, he was though. His voting record was exemplary. He was arguing for important things. He was doing good. Now, what's now. happened? Now, remember we we actually predicted we wondered whether he was lining himself up for something different, whether he was wanting to go to the Lords or something similar. And what's happened? Uh, he is now the. Uh, the the blah 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 thingy of the doodah. The whip. Yes, chief whip of the. Of is the, he chief whip or assistant? I can't remember, but he's or assistant significant to the position chief. within the Lib Dem party for a man who's about to retire any minute. Yes, I wonder is he? But, but he, I think the reason he got the whip job is because of the pigeons, or was it the seagulls? Can't remember. <laughs> I think it was the gulls. Yes. What are you shuffling there? I'm looking through this amazing schoolwork. It's, it's not that amazing. You see, everybody enjoys their own yeah, schoolwork uh, because it reminds them of when they were less close to death. But for everybody else, it's just banal, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Isn't that a tragedy? I've got a practice exam. Blood sports. Should they be banned? No. No? No. Blood sports are fine. Mm. Obviously not no. I was 15 as well. And it was 1993. Oh my goodness, that was the big topic in 93, wasn't it? The, yeah. it, used to, it used to always be the people with the tables with the pictures of mutilated foxes draped over them in the high street in Guildford. Oh, everybody must support... Can you, can you stop shuffling the paper now? It's actually sounding quite annoying. No, I think um, it makes it sound authoritative like we're on the news. Uh-huh. No, it sounds like when they're on the news and you know that their autocue has broken down and they're manically shuffling through to <laughs> see what, <laughs> what to talk about next. You've supported the open, well-tempered clavier, haven't you? Yes. 
and so have I. And the, this is another Kickstarter campaign. The one that they did before was Open Goldberg Variations, which you talked about, and everybody needs to support this. The uh, She will record these pieces. There'll be a, a, um, a new score produced, and it'll all be put into the public domain, and the the recording, like the Goldbergs, will be a very good quality recording. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the Well-Tempered Clavier is an interesting piece. It was you, Everybody's heard bits of it, even if they think they haven't. Um, it was written as a kind of instructional piece, but actually it was a, de- a set of demos for new tech. Um, it starts in C major, then goes to C minor, then C sharp major, then C sharp minor. Each piece is in that different key. And what's the interesting thing about that? It's that he goes through all the all the uh, twelve keys in major and minor, and the reason he could do this with one instrument was due to um, new ways of tempering the tuning of those instruments. And what does that mean? Um, well, we have to look at um, musical theory to understand why what what was going on. If you take a string and you and you vibrated it makes a sound and if you go halfway down the string and vibrate it again it makes a sound exactly one octave higher um so that's the beginning of where you tune something and then if you do thirds you get some nice uh you you get some um nice if you want rhyming sounds you can do fifths and so on but that's all on one string the problem is if you then take strings of different lengths and you divide them again and you put them all together they actually aren't in tune with one another you know, the divisions happen at slightly different points, so that if you try to play different things in different keys, it all clashes. Natural tuning can only basically be in one key. So you can play something in C major, but if you suddenly want to play something in D major, uh, using the same strings, it's going to sound awful, because the D major bits won't be at proper intervals anymore. Uh, it's a bit like aliasing with, with, with pixels, you know, when the pixels don't align properly. So effectively, they had to create a compromise, which is a bit like anti-aliasing in, in, in a graphic, where you blur the differences enough so that each key can be in tune with another. And one, one way of putting that is that the modern piano is actually not really in tune. It's a compromise. It uses equal e- equal temperament so that each key is slightly bent this way or that so that any key can be played together, but to somebody's ears from who who's more used to other tuning systems, a piano might sound quite harsh and out of tune much of the time because it's basically a compromised instrument so that you can play any key at any time. And um, that's why for us, when we hear other people's tuning systems like bagpipes and so on, it sounds a bit screechy because our ears are so used to this compromise sound, which itself is not really naturally in tune. So the, the well-tempered the whole point about well-tempered means that there was a specific new tuning system which introduced this compromise, which means that you could play the C major and then play the C sharp major and then play the D minor one after the other without having to lengthily retune your instrument or get another instrument to do it. So it was like a show-off piece to say, look, we can play all these pieces on the same instrument and frankly, they don't sound too bad for the compromise. And you'd think, okay, well, if these are just demo pieces, then they're not going to be particularly interesting. But each one, of course, has its own amazing character and is very gratifying to play and listen to as well. So it's a great piece to be given properly to the public domain with good performances of it. And you can easily do this at Kickstarter. And I would suggest everybody do. Even if you're not interested in the piece yourself, your children probably should be. So off you go and what make about, it so. What about 
It's all very well. You say all that stuff that's apparently more interesting than my essay on nuclear power. Mm-hmm. What about Bach's copyright? That's true. And what about all the little Bach great, 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 great grandchildren? How are they going to be affected by this? Hmm? Exactly. It's disgusting. Well, hopefully when the uh, US government comes back again, they can renew another Copyright Act, which retrospectively re-adds copyright to all great pieces. <laughs> That's that be, a really good idea. Wouldn't that be wonderful? <laughs> Who owns those copyrights? Just the families? Well... The vast spread of descendants. It'll be an amazing, diff- difficult, complicated thing, because if, if he sold his scores to someone, does that person then own it? And oh, Can you imagine the uh, law that would have to be introduced? I know who should own it. Um, why don't we just say that Simon Cowell owns all, okay. all the copyrights? Okay. We do that? It makes it simpler. Yes, yeah, seems fair. Exactly. Very good. So, uh, oh, I heard a program by David Aronovich on Radio. Oh yes, 4 I wanted. To, I didn't hear this. I, wanted, I saw your grumbling on Twitter. I wanted you to explain, expand, expound. Well, the problem with David Aronovich is he's fine and he debunks conspiracy theories and so on, and he's written a very good book about those. But he takes it too far and starts to become a little credulous. So he interviews a lot of um, pro-government spook people saying, if it weren't for this, all the terrorists would explode their bums all over us, and this is all wonderful stuff, and if you are opposed to what the NSA or GCHQ are doing in any degree whatsoever, then you love the terrorists, and you believe that the state should be abolished, and you're a horrible, nasty, right-wing, extremist um, libertarian, so shut up and stop whining. And anyway, when I was a communist in the 60s, people used to spy on me, and it didn't do me any harm. (laughs) and that was basically the strength of his argument gosh i had the the conversation and anyway alan rusbridger who are you to decide which secrets go out hmm (laughs) which he did say to alan rusbridger it was fair enough but that's not quite the point not quite Hmm. i I had that conversation with my mum recently she said the she wasn't she didn't she didn't say it in the incredulous way she said it in the genuine way of but if i am innocent i don't have anything to worry about and the the key response is, who decides what's innocent? Who decides what's innocent? And also, uh, who decides that they are accurately portraying what you have been up to? Yes. You know, there'll be another... Because I, I know Walker is not a very common name, but say they find another Mrs. Walker who's been naughty and mistake her and won't believe that it wasn't she. This is true. Yeah, did you explain that? Yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah, she's very open. My Plus, I mean, she, she, as a Christian, she should realise as well that um, accusations can be made to people in certain new sects, for example, where they believe they're being innocent but are being persecuted nevertheless. Um, and the state can suddenly decide that it wishes to persecute you. And mm. whether you think you're innocent or not is irrelevant. If they find the evidence that they decide is not innocent, then you're in trouble. So your mother, your mother might have sent a recipe to somebody, and that recipe might be considered seditious or blasphemous mm-hmm. in the new year. And then what? She does like making dew pie. It's true. So what's going to happen next? Yeah. As, as, as a friend made this point that, and it's not a direct comparison, and blah 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 blah. But as you're watching, you know, a government that systematically and openly targeting the poorest people in the country, uh, taking away all their their benefits and. And, and, and just threatening young people and, and making the rich wealthier. And then at the same time, all this stuff going... And you feel so helpless. And he said, he made the point, this must be what it must have been like to be in Germany in 1932. 
No, not really. Why not? Because there's no real comparison. No, it's not a direct comparison. It's the same sense of helplessness of watching a government. Not really. It's it's about to... Next year they're going to pull us out of the Human Rights Act. Yes. But everybody wants that. that. Sorry? Well, if people vote for that, they vote for that. I'll leave the country. Well, exactly. But it's not going to be a vote thing, is it? They're just saying they're going to do it. Um, Well, no, because people have voted for this government. They like it. They promised that they would deal with this. And now they were people hate immigrants and hate the Human Rights Act. So who am I to argue? (laughs) That's a reasonable argument. But the point is, that sense of helplessness, it is. Leave the country or... Well, well, yes, that's it. We, yeah. that's while, choice, we, while we remain in the EU, maybe we should leave the country while we still have the right to do so. Yeah. yeah. So where would you go? I've decided I want to go somewhere, and this might be difficult in Europe, but I want to go somewhere, again, we discussed the, 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 my perfect seasons. And the, yes, we, yes. We and I want to go somewhere where that, where that happens, where you have a long summer, you have a month of autumn, a month of very strong winter, and then a couple of months of lovely spring and rains every night and it's sunny during the day. That's all I want. So can Gosh, you... You, want Chica- you want Chicago. Too windy, though, isn't it? It's not windy, no. It's quite funny, actually. Somebody in the States, um, I've forgotten where it was, who it was, um, somebody I was talking to in the States, and we're talking about the perception of cities in the States by people outside of the States. And I said, well, you know, obviously New York, Los Angeles, San Francisco are known. And I said, and then there are places like Chicago. I said, what's Chicago? That has no reputation outside of the United States at all. Nobody cares or knows about Chicago. It's a nothing. And he was so dismissive of Chicago as having any cultural influence outside its close environs, which I found, find, I found surprising. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it does have an impression on, on, on the foreign ear, Chicago. Well, it has an impression on me because I like it. But I suppose when you think about it, it doesn't have any seat of power. It doesn't have... It's got a big lake. It's got well, no, it doesn't have a big lake. It, a big lake has it. And 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 there are there are lots of gangsters there. And um, yeah, the nineteen the gangsters. Barack Obama cut cut his corrupt politics teeth there. Yes, that's true. And they have some of the most impressively corrupt mayors of any city, mm-hmm. in Mayor Daly and his son. Yes, indeed. So yeah, it's. I, I enjoyed it when I visited it, but I visited it in the summer. I can't imagine what it's like in the win- the bleak winter. It can snow. It can snow four feet overnight. Mm. So you would get your intensive. But this is the thing: you get a very, very hot summer, mm-hmm. um, and then you go into not you know relatively in, in not Midwest American hot, but yes. you, and then you go into by this time of year, uh, October, it, the summer is continuing, but it's turning autumnal. Yes. Um, so you're getting re- it's perfect this time. This is the best time to go to Chicago is October, definitely, especially because the Halloween decorations are going up and it just looks absolutely spectacular. Yes. Um, and then and then it suddenly drops off into this amazingly cold winter. I've been over in there in the winter and it's spectacular. I remember um, I was in no, I was in Philadelphia actually in the winter, not Chicago. So I'm lying. Mm, so but, you are a damn liar. Yeah, you just remember, screwed up your whole anecdote. We have to rewind about ten no, minutes. No, I don't care. I'm, but you know the whole that whole region though it does these extremes well. I remember going out in it was like minus eight degrees in New York one evening and my beard froze solid. That was very exciting. <laughs> New York can get surprisingly cold because you think what's well, a modern city it wouldn't dare, but it does. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. So if you go into kind of. Uh, East Coast and Midwest America might be the seasons you're after. 
Don't go to mm. Seattle. Don't go to the West Coast because the West Coast is insane. You can get, go too far down the West Coast and it's just summer the entire time in this unrelentingly awful way. Mm. Um, and if you go to Seattle, it's precisely Britain. It's exactly the same weather as Britain. That would be very depressing. It, it is. It's all, so bizarre. They all have, that way and arrive in Britain. They have two weeks of sun in the summer and they have maybe two weeks of it not quite snowing, but looking like it's about to in the winter. And then <laughs> most of the time it's autumn. Excellent. Can, uh, um, can I um, let you know about uh, Jude, Jude, Judith's dream that she had the other day? I would prefer that you did. Okay. Well, my, my mother apparently was told about this. Uh, and uh, I'll read out. She, she says she had a dream about a pom-pom cat which knocked on the door saying, Let me in! Oh, please let me in! It, it was, of course, a blue cat. Mm. She asked, Did I know what her mummy's name is called? And apparently the cat said, It's Victoria and Daddy. Nick, but he's also known as Nicholas. Uh, mummy calls me Peanut. Then she decided that she saw a large turnip floating in the sky and decided that what you have to do if you see a large turnip floating in the sky is play ping pong. Yes, yes, you do. So, so, and as my mother said, so the morning culminated in a game of ping pong with an imaginary turnip. Great. I, I, I do like the way that uh, children get so arbitrary and <laughs> quotidian with their fantasies at this age. It's not kind of overblown, ridiculous things. It's just the smallest, ludicrous, tiny little things become a fantasy and then flit out again. It's a nice. It's a bit like a real dream rather than what Hollywood thinks dreams are. Yes, and they're also not not mired in angst no if there's a monster it's actually a monster yes uh, so they can be scary but they're not just you don't they don't wake up their dreams don't tell how wound up or frustrated they are at the time no exactly so oh um and and her latest thing she likes doing straw fighting which is like sword fighting but with drinking straws so i expect cool. you to um implement that in bath Okay. Did I tell... Remind me, and I probably did. Did I tell the story about my nephew and his swearing on rum doings? I'm not sure. I mean, I you've talked about your nephew a lot, but I'm not sure you, you talked about the swearing. No, has, has the... he had that beaten out of him yet? Whipped out of him, as Beatrix Potter would say? Whipped. He's mm. uh, seven years old and lives in France. Well, he, he can, he, if he can swear in French, that's fine. He's bilingual. Mm-hmm. Um, self-taught, bizarrely. Um... Or, he, or, or, or predictably, other, is another word rather than bizarrely. No, no, no. So the self-taught for French writing is, is unusual. No, it isn't. But uh, as his sister is proving by not doing that. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, so he was, he spent, over the summer he spent lots of time with his friend um, Aidan, I believe mm-hmm. his name is. And the two of them are hanging out over the summer. And as is the want of young six, seven-year-old boys spending too much time together, they turned into enemies by the end of it. Oh, God. And so Aidan was increasingly banning Will from doing various things, like he wasn't allowed in the treehouse anymore, and he wasn't allowed to listen to this, or he wasn't, you know, these rather unfair rules were being imposed upon Will. Oh, Nicholas! Yes, carry on. Turn it to silent this instant. Yep. Um, and uh, apparently Will's t- reached the end of his tether and uh, swore at Aidan. This is how, this is the story that Aidan told his mummy. Right. Aidan's mummy and William's mummy are very good friends. And so they're saying, oh, blah, 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 this has happened. And so Catherine said to Will, did you swear at Aidan? He said, no, I didn't. Mm -hmm. And Catherine said, are you sure? Because if you're lying, you're going to be in more trouble than if you just swore. I said, nope, nope, didn't say anything at all. Catherine then found out from Aidan's mum that what what he had said, which was he called her a, uh, oh, I'm trying to remember the phrase, French for bastard, coom. Oh dear. 
something like that. I think it's, oh, I forgot, I, do you know, I've completely, there's a full length version of the word, but there's an abbreviated version you use in speech. And he uh-huh. picked it up from a playground rhyme and had been previously been told he wasn't allowed to say it. Right. Uh, so Will was maintaining the, the, the lie that he hadn't done this. Catherine thought, right, she's going to take him, she, a couple of days later, she's going to take him for a walk. Okay. And just find out, and just and 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 find out what's going on with with him. And so she, they went for a walk, and she said, "This, this you have special permission for this walk. Uh-huh. That you're allowed to say swear words to mummy. Okay. Yeah, I want you to tell me all the swear words you know in English." Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a CD that they all the kids in, the, in France on the radio they play the UK music unedited, all the swear words unbleeped. Oh, right. And so it's quite common for the French kids to listen to this music that's obviously very difficult for Catherine because Will and all of Will's friends are listening to it. But it's <laughs> Catherine's kind of like struggling, you know. So he gets told, okay, you can listen to this, but you must know that this word is never acceptable and you're never allowed to use it, right? So, so he says, um, what? Uh, so she says, what swear words do you know? And he says, well, I know, uh, Fukun. <laughs> that's because that's how he'd understood it from this CD. And she said, okay, that's very rude. You're not allowed to say that. Do you know any others? He says, um, I know there's one that begins with shh, because you're always going shh and then stopping yourself, <laughs> which is very cute. Um, and But that was it. That was all he could remember of English swear words. And then she said, okay, yeah. what about French swear words? And he said one that was like a, you know, a non-swear word. And Catherine said, oh, no, that's fine. That's not a rude word. And she said, what others? And he says one that is rude. And she goes, okay, yeah, she's not allowed to say that. And and he says, do you know any beginning with C, for instance? And he went, ah, uh, oh, crap. And he said, but no, you told me that crap was okay. Even you don't like it, but it's not a real swear word. He says, yes, yes. Any others beginning with C in French? And then Will apparently put his fingers on his chin and looked up into the eye, furrowing his brow. Mm-hmm. Up under the sky. And my sister said, no, William, I want real thinking, not pretend thinking. <laughs> right. At which point his face collapsed, tears poured down his face, and he said, I know, cool, just what I said to Aiden. Oh, dear. She trapped him. She got him in, backed him into a corner, and there was no way out. Oh, dear. The hideous uh, truth. And then what happened? And then he was uh, banned from playing on the Wii for a week for lying <sighs> to Mummy. Can I ban you from playing on your PC for a week for lying to me? Only if it's the week after next. Okay. I'm going to ban you. Holiday. Okay, I ban you. Actually, I do. I ban you from playing any games on your holiday. I won't be able to. I'll be in Wales. Oh yeah, they don't have games in Wales. It's not legal. Because we're going castle hunt. We're going castle hunting. Oh, like Brian the Bunny. We're going to ca- what? Like Brian the Bunny, who went. They, they invaded the castle. He invaded. No, we're castle hunting. We're going to bag us some castles. Okay, you're going to take them home with you, or just leave them there? Kill the castles. I'm going to take them home. Oh. Put them in my back garden. Okay. Going to go to Caffili Castle. Okay. Where and the Castle, cheese comes from. And Castle Koch. Where the Koch comes from. Where the Koch comes from. Mm-hmm. And Castle... Have you been to Castle Koch? Of course not. It's amazing. It's like a proper fairy tale castle. It does have a maze. Uh, I don't remember. Maybe It may do. Hmm. Um, and then there's uh, Chepstow Castle, which is a beautiful ruin. Right. So we're going to go there. It's all very exciting. Find, you're going to find your Welsh heritage... Yes, true. Well, uh, in my my Welsh heritage isn't too hard to find. It's my dad. Are you going to be learning Welsh so that you can visit it properly? Speak fluently. their language. Speak Flu- their language. Fluently. Do you know, I found out this weekend that my great-grandfather, uh-huh. John Willis Walker, uh-huh. uh, fought in the First World War, unsurprisingly enough, mm-hmm. um, while in um, while on the, in, on the German side, got shot in the ankle by uh, Germans. 
or proto Nazis, as I like to call them. Yeah, um, shot in the ankle and also he was, you know, quite severely wounded. In what? that situation, picked up another injured man, carried him on his back, and carried him across no man's land with a saving Private Ryan. That's my that's my great grandfather. Yeah, you're not story. made of such heroic stuff. He got, it's in me. It's in me to do it's it. In you. Yes, yeah. in a, you can do it in a video game. I could do it in real life if only there would be a war. Ah, oh, let's make one. Okay. Test our metal. <laughs> so yeah, what a brave man. What a great, uh, great, great what a great, great grandfather I have. Yes. What, did you have a picture of him? Yeah, I've, we found a whole... Actually, that's how we, my dad was telling me about him. We Good. found... Again, in rifling, we found um, a wad of photos my dad hadn't seen in decades. Right, you need to upload a picture of him. I don't know, I don't know. It's at, uh, at my parents' house. These photos are, you know, well over And a picture years of old. Father Christmas in your garden. Uh, yes, I will do that one. Okay, tell everybody to email us. Email us, everybody. Email us at podcast at rumdoings.com. Or you can send a Twitter message, if you like. At rumdoings. Uh, and if you want to suggest things to talk about, you can do that as well. You can do that, because, you and know, you can also leave comments on the on the posts on on the blog because then it, no, we know that at least someone listened. Yes, it's always good to hear comments, even if you disagree or want to continue on the discussion. Um, Absolutely, that's always useful. Ideally, uh, uh, somebody somebody did that even. Uh, uh, some, uh, did you did you did you hear talking about that? You, uh, you probably don't. You don't actually read the comments. I do. Um, I'm too where, important. Where somebody gave an, an example of a poem that used the same word in the rhyme, or a word, a homophonous word, and it was Scotch mist, and he said, regarding rhymes with the same word. Yes. She came from Greece, she had a thirst for knowledge. She studied sculpture at St. Martin's College. That's where I caught her eye. That's, a, that's stiff and that's a homophone. It is, but it still leaves you with that deliciously queasy feeling. I found... I'm going to see if I can find it quickly. I don't really stop. But um, when I was going through, I found a poem that I wrote. Oh, man, I can't believe I haven't found this. Where is it? It's an, I meant to read this out on the podcast because it's so, so sanctimonious. Yes. It's called Why. And... Um, is this yours? Sorry? Is this yours? Yes, yeah, of course. I wrote. Uh, of course, you know you know where that uh, poem that you just heard came from. It was com- "Common People." Oh right, by, by Mister M- Mister and Mrs Pulp. Oh yes, so it is. Yeah. Well, it's okay. Funny. Here we go. This is the poem called "Why," mm-hmm. and it's um, it's by me. Mm-hmm. And looking at it, I would say I would have been about twelve, probably eighteen. Let's conclude this podcast with poetry, please. Okay. And and John Walker from Bath. No, asked, no, you have to do it in Roger McGoss' hateful, hateful voice. Well, you do it. I can't. No, I can't. I can't, I can't I, do I, it. No. I, I suddenly a pixie stopped me from doing it. <laughs> John, I'll, I'll just Damn, uh, pixies. Uh, and and why by John Walker has been asked for by Phyllis Adelston in Kent, and she wonders whether it can be read in memory of her recently departed brother. Okay. I'm caged. Why? What have I done wrong? Where did I go wrong? When did I make a mistake? Why? I'm caged, why? Am I something special? I need to be free. Why can't I run? Why? Life is not important now. Sitting here, bored, nothing to do. Why? I just get looked at. I can't move. Once free, now caged. Why? 
Why? Well done, John. This is a straightforward but very moving poem. Straightforward. That's a bit. That's a bit damning with faint praise, isn't it? <laughs> How dare she? He or she? Who is who? Who wrote that awful criticism it's, of your lovely it's poem? The great omnipotent red pen. Huh. Well, I found it. It wasn't as bad as it could have been, actually. You were at least spare. You didn't have too many awful adverbs and things like that. This is true. On the back of a textbook from my GCSE year eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, a chemistry so on the back of an exercise book, a chemistry exercise book, has a, a story about Mr. Rutland, who was my physics teacher at the time. He was a really great man, and I'm very—he's the British. He was the British ambassador to yes. Bhutan. Mr. Uh, Rutland, I remember. We him loved him. Talking. He's yep. still going, which is nice. Though my mum saw him the other day, even mm-hmm. though he mostly lives in Bhutan now. Mm-hmm. This says, and this is an exercise book I would have had to hand in. It says a true story that will happen in the very near future. Once upon a time, there was a very annoying man called Mr. Rutland. Every day he succeeded in annoying a vast amount of people, a mountain not number, and he felt very happy. One day, a sensible person with a big gun came to see him. As usual, Mr. Rutland tried his best to annoy him. Unfortunately for Mr. Rutland, he succeeded in annoy the armed man, so he was blown to shitsville. This man was knighted, <laughs> Sir John Walker. <laughs> oh, there you go. What a re- rebellious 17-year-old I was. You were. Oh, goodness gracious me. I wish I could find the poem which had the two rhyming words in it, but I should probably just stop. Maybe we can save it for the future. We can save it. Oh, well, good luck with your hypnotherapy. Thank you. And my, and, my, and my other things. And, and all your things that you'll be doing. And uh, let's hope that your cry against nuclear um, power stations fails and we are saved from upcoming pig oil. I have a draft letter in this rough book from... <laughs> 4S, I would have been 11. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maggie Thatcher, 10 Downing Street, Inner London. <laughs> Inner London. Right. Dear Mrs Thatcher, I've heard in the new recently about animal testing. I think it is absolutely disgusting. Yeah. That's where it ends. And then okay. I've drawn a picture of a bunny rabbit wearing makeup. <laughs> <laughs> Can you scan that in as well, please? And then on the next page, I've drawn a battery hen, which is a hen made out of a battery. Can you scan that in, please? I can scan that in, yes. Make sure you do it. Okay. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye.